0: Welcome to this podcast produced for Business Lancashire as part of the Fit for Business programme. I'm Guy Lewis and we're joined today by Anna Maxwell from C2 Safety. Hi Anna, how are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. And you, Guy?
0: Yeah, very, very good. Uh, so what's been on your mind of some of your businesses this week?
1: Oh, trying to get people to get to grips with health and safety as to why they've got to do it.
0: Oh, the gems of general health and safety. Yeah, that sort of, okay.
1: Yeah, it's people's oh.
0: attitude towards it, actually, more than,
1: more than anything. There, there can be people go, I don't want to do health and safety. It's going to cost me time and money, and they? It's
0: so a bit negative.
1: It is, yeah. I think people have got a, a, a perception about it because what we see in the press about, um, you know, having to, can't play conkers anymore in the school playground <laughs> or you can't have hanging <laughs> baskets hanging down because people walk into them and, and yeah. such like. So, yeah, I, th- I think health and safety sometimes gets a bit of a bad rap.
0: Okay, it's a bit of an, it's, it's, it's an onerous thing. It's an addition to what they normally do in work.
1: Yeah, I think people are worried that it's going to create a lot more work for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um there is some work to to go into it, but there isn't anything in business um and to get it right takes a bit of effort. So you mm-hmm. you you've, you've got to get it right. It doesn't take a lot of work. All the information is there and available and there are there are people and organizations who are able to help you and there's some really good guidance notice um provided by the HSE on pretty much every subject you might encounter. Uh, in business,
0: so it uh, might be more work. People say it might be more work to put it in, but yeah, that's offset offset against what?
1: Well, it, if you if you don't put it in and something happens, that's when it's more work because you are replacing people who are um, now missing because they've had an accident. That mm-hmm. they've got to take time off work. You've got to find their workplace replacement. You might have to change your processes. You might have to shut down production or the, or whatever it is that mm-hmm. you are doing. Um, you might have to attend court. You've got to carry out an investigation. Um, you will also get negative impact or a negative image. Um, local media will put your story and and that might damage your reputation.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I often hear things like, you know, it slows everything down as well, you know. Ooh, ooh.
1: Yeah, people worry that we're going to go in and say, you can't do this and you've all got to walk the long way around the, yeah, yeah. the car park and, and such. like. But actually a good system can, it's efficient and can speed things up and it can cut out unnecessary processes. So you look at that the process as a whole and go, do we need to do that step? Is it more risky to add an extra step in than it is to take it mm-hmm. out? So it's a really, it's part of change management as well. Health and safety should should form part of that um, to speed up and improve your systems. You You aren't having to monitor anything more than you probably are. Mm-hmm. You just might have to record it. You might okay. have to put it in writing. So you do your weekly management inspections. Just put it in writing as opposed to saying, I've done them. Mm-hmm. And you record it, you can see patterns, you can see processes, and you can see whether something is not being done. Um, okay.
0: So, so by, by health and safety making you look at your processes to, to operate health and safely yeah. actually could be an efficiency gain. So, yeah. so, so it, it could have a, a, you know, a real big impact to the, to the businesses that way.
1: Very much so. Um, so I think last year it was 30.7 million working days were lost last year. Wow. Maybe last year was exceptional because we had a lot of people off sick with mm. um, with coronavirus, but yeah. that is an awful lot of working days. Um, and that's an awful lot of people who've got ill health or have had accidents or are off work because of work-related incidents.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you monitor... As a business, you monitor the health and safety of your employees. You can actually help them be in work more. Most people actually want to be in work. They don't want to be sick and they want, don't want to be at home. So that positive safety culture within the company is part of a health and well-being assessment. So simple things like a DSE assessment, so display screen equipment mm-hmm. assessment, regular users of IT Assess their seating, their desk, the position of their monitors, reducing eye strain, reducing wrist strain for people who are standing up on um, on production lines, mm-hmm. making sure that they're stood with good footwear that is suitable. They've got pressure mats and stuff like that. That's yeah, all yeah. part of health and safety monitoring and actually asking your employees if they are comfortable at work, making sure that they they know what they're doing, that they feel confident and competent mm-hmm. in what they're doing.
0: Doesn't health and safety bring in a blame culture?
1: Yeah. Everybody thinks it's the fault of the company. Mm, I think okay. more than anything, that's the common sort of misconception. And that is that it doesn't matter what you put in place. It's like driving along um, in a, in, and you've got a police car behind you. Mm-hmm. you. You might be in a 30 zone and you're going 29 miles an hour, but you are still panicking. You're terrified <laughs> that actually you think you're doing hundred miles an hour and you're going to get pulled over and, 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 and done and fined. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the case. You've, You've got good processes in place, you know, the good, solid, sturdy processes, you've got these rock steady health and safety systems, you're probably going to be all right because you are doing what you are required by the law, but also you're doing what is required that's right by your employees and the people that are in your workplace, mm-hmm. the training, the awareness, that positive culture.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, and what about the sort of the regulation itself? I mean, it's, is it covered everywhere?
1: Health and safety executive are, are pretty um, wide-reaching uh, in in everything that they cover, and there is there are very few exceptions to health and safety. Um, I think pretty much if you it's it, it's the military is about the only exception mm-hmm. um, that there is, and even then you know what used to be crown immunity is mm-hmm. is, is long gone. Um, but health and safety regulations apply to every single person in the UK in every, in every facet of business um, and volunteering, you know, the charity sector, they come under um, the Health and Safety Work Act as well. So people think hey, HSE just want to come in and 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 fine you. They don't. Actually, they are there to ensure that the, the law and the regulations are being implemented by the companies and the people that are required to put them in place. They are also there to provide advice and guidance on where you may have shortcomings,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and also on safe systems and safe practices. So, if you are a, for example, a construction company, they are an, they're an easy target with regard to health and safety and talking about them. Um, but if you're a construction company and you come across asbestos, you know the whole world sort of goes, "Oh my goodness, asbestos! This is dreadful. We're all going to die from because we're exposed to asbestos." HSC HSE provides free guidance notes on how to manage mm-hmm. asbestos and how yeah. to work safely with it and yeah, the small yeah. tasks that you can do as a competent person. And that competency is that you have read and understood the guidance, the codes of practice, the, the regulations, the industry standard, the mm-hmm. manufacturer's instructions. Okay. It's all there. So you can be that competent person. So what if
0: it's all a bit too much? if what if it's all a bit like yeah you know, let's say that competent person you know, can you get help from outside to to yeah to, 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 to manage this for you
1: absolutely there are um there are health and safety consultancies there are um I, your your bank might have health and safety provision your insurers mm-hmm. may have health and safety provision um lots of people um are subject matter experts and you can usually phone them up and ask them for guidance and advice and they will be happy to help out um you don't need expensive systems in place, mm-hmm. but actually, it's easier to go to somebody who can give you some guidance and some helpline, um, some some help. Uh, a lot of um, district councils have business. Uh, departments and they will be able to offer some form of signposting for health okay. and safety.
0: So, like your Chamber of Commerce, that sort of stuff. Yeah, very. Or much even so. your trade associations. It's yeah, sort of federations, small businesses. Yeah, yeah, they
1: they all have resources that are available. Um, if you are uh, if you use um, business support providers, they will often have mm-hmm. health and safety. They can provide you with templates. The thing about health and safety is you don't ever need to reinvent the wheel. There is always something there that can help you. You just have to change the context to suit you. The The principles always remain the same. So there is a plethora of resources available. And the best place to start is the HSE website. But if it does get a bit much, then Phone up a, a a consultant, or the, if you are a member of one of the the trade organisations, business organisation, speak to them. They will be able to provide you guidance. Um, the, uh, the the bodies like the IOSH, um, as I mentioned in our mm-hmm. previous p- podcast, they do some really good workplace um, courses and, okay. and and training. And there's yeah, you know, we use IOSH and NEBOSH and there's there's lots of them. Okay. Um, and a lot of people who are doing trade qualifications in city and guilds and MVQs now, they include health and safety within the qualifications, which so is very much, in. it's starting to change the mm-hmm. culture. So as we get younger people coming into the workplace, they are already aware or more aware of health and safety and the reasons why we do it. And so they don't fight
0: it. Mm-hmm.
1: Sometimes we find that.
0: Okay, so plenty of places to get information from, mm-hmm. including health and safety, but all the trades, et cetera. Yep. And what about this attitude, well, you know, nothing's happened yet. There's nothing wrong with what I do, so I'm fine.
1: This is the this is the sort of reactive versus proactive. And if somebody has an accident, people then react and they suddenly go, oh, God, I need health and safety. But by that point, it's possibly too late mm-hmm. because they are now facing a, a claim for compensation for an injury Um, And they can't produce the safe systems of work. They don't have the policy in place They don't have evidence that they've done a workplace induction Mm. They don't they can't show that they have tried to mitigate the risk or reduce the risk by giving adequate information to the person that had the accident that leaves them really wide open um, for for claims and for prosecution so
0: I'm guessing if, if you've not had a problem in the past, actually your process is quite good. So so capture them. Actually make that part of your policy. And, you know, it, it's Health actually is- about putting these things down, actually written so that that's a really good system. We've used it for years. We capture it and it now becomes part of our process because because it is Yes, safe.
1: And audit it. It's important to remember that ignorance is not bliss. As a company, you need to know the legislation uh, that applies to what you do mm-hmm. and who is enforcing it, being at HSE or being at the local authority. mm mm-hmm don't need an accident um, or something to go terribly wrong to create that change in attitude about health and safety. You need to keep proactive, keep up to date with legislation and make sure that you've got the policies in place, that you've got the records in place, that you've got that auditing in place. And that is what keeps you safe in the long run.
0: My name is Guy Lewis, and you are with myself and Anna Maxwell discussing general health and safety. Um, what, what we've discussed in the first part, the sort of general part, of it, but I want to now focus a bit more on hazards and risks.
1: Yeah, it's imperative that a company is able to, or a business is able to, identify the hazards and then put in the right control measures in order to, to reduce the risk mm-hmm. um, to their employees and, and people affected by what they do.
0: So what's a, so what's a hazard?
1: A hazard is something which is has the potential to cause harm, Okay. and the risk is the likelihood of that happening. And the risk is something that we can, we can reduce. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so a typical hazard would be?
1: Uh, for example, a, a shelf, which is badly stacked, so it's overloaded, mm-hmm. it's bowing in the middle. Um, and the risk then is that the shelf will collapse or the contents will fall off that shelf and will damage somebody and okay. injure them. So that is an unacceptable risk because it's we, it's a foreseeable risk as well. We mm-hmm. can see that it is likely to happen. Therefore, as a business, we must do something about it to prevent it. And that's why we have control measures. So hazard might be that the, the shelf is overloaded. And the consequence of that is that it will cause bodily injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't change that consequence. That will always remain that you're going to be either nothing's going to happen, uh, something might get damaged, or there'll be a minor injury, major injury, or it may may cause death mm-hmm. um, ultimately. And we can't change that. So a fire will always have a catastrophic consequence. What we can do is reduce the likelihood of that happening. Now, okay. if we do nothing, mm-hmm. the risk is high. So the likelihood is high. Okay. It will inevitably happen if, you know, if we don't do anything about this shelf, for example. Okay. Um, it will collapse.
0: So there's, there's something we have to do about the hazard, yeah. reducing um, the hazard or whatever that is. That is
1: where we put the control measures in. Okay. And so the control measure would be to, for example, make sure that the safe working load is displayed on the shelf. Okay. Make sure that the load is suitable for the shelf, mm-hmm. which means you might need to train your employees to um, be able to understand what... 20 kilos looks like of, of, uh, whatever is being stored on there. Say that's the safe working limit for sake of argument. We need to train people to, to understand the safe process regarding stacking shelves. Okay. And once we've done that, we can start to reduce the risk. Now we have something called the risk control hierarchy, and that is a a means by which we, we work our way through a series of levels of control measures, um, to, to make it safe ideally we eliminate the risk
0: okay so if there's a hole in the ground that someone's going to tr- fall in first thing is fill the hole in
1: fill the hole in eliminates the risk okay now if we can't eliminate the risk we can reduce the hazard can mm. we can we make it shallower if we can't fill it all the way and can we make it shallower And for a hole no we can't um so we look now can we prevent people being exposed to that hazard? Can we prevent um, contact with it?
0: So like so, put some barriers around put it? Put some
1: barriers around it, absolutely. So that is preventing it, but it's also making it people aware they see it and go, oh, there's something there. Mm-hmm. Half the population probably go and peer in, but the other half will go, oh, I can't go near that because I've got okay. a barrier there and it says, it says not to. Um, the, the next one is that a safe system of work. So if we can't put a barrier around it for whatever reason, um, we have a safe system of work and that is communicated to people who are going to be passing by the hole mm-hmm. that it says, do not go within two meters of the edge of this hole. There okay. is no physical barrier. Yep. There is a risk of falls beyond it. That, that's the safe system of work is, is don't go there. We can't put a barrier to stop you, but don't go there. So people are aware of what they must do
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they are aware of what might happen if they don't do it. That's the safe system of work.
0: And, and I guess there's also, because I know you're going to mention PPE in a minute, you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I mean, probably a hole's not a good idea for that, in, just in terms of, uh, of an example. Well, but it's, go it's, back it's, to your shelf, you know, there's, there's probably things you could do with hard hats or yeah, to steel so toe if you're, yeah, or if something you're,
1: like Yeah, if you're working in a, in, a, in a storeroom environment or a warehouse and there is shelving and um, you would be wearing... Shoes which have got toe protection on. So yeah, still mm-hmm. toe-capped shoes um, or, or trainers and mm-hmm. also you can get still toe-capped court shoes nowadays. Mm. Um, but yeah, it is that PPE. Now, now in the world of health and safety, PPE is a last resort. Okay. We put other control measures in and we use PPE as well. It's, mm-hmm. like a, it's, like a, it's not a fail safe, but it is just that extra measure. Ideally, we shouldn't rely on PPE mm-hmm. alone. Um, so to bring that into a context that we can perhaps all understand is, during coronavirus, we all wore face masks. That's the PPE. But the actual control measure that was in place above PPE was social distancing yeah, or yeah. do not go out. So do not go out was eliminating the risk. Social distancing is reducing the risk or putting the you know preventing physical mm-hmm. contact with the hazard. Mm-hmm. So we we did that and we wore PPE as well. And so, yeah, we shouldn't rely solely on PPE. And that's a really important thing to remember in the workplace. We should have safe systems of work that reduce the need for PPE. But we wear PPE as the fail safe in that respect.
0: So you're always talking about reducing risks. Yes. And and again, I guess it's what's the best way of protecting people, employees, businesses Mm. to sort of reduce that risk.
1: Sometimes you can't reduce the risk. Mm. Sometimes you can't. You can't put a suitable control measure in place to reduce the risk. And so sometimes you have to accept that there is a high risk and that's when you have a safe system of work in place Mm -hmm. and that safe system of work gives the information that there is the risk, what it involves and how we can, how they can work as safely as possible. If we didn't have that, then you wouldn't be able to work in iron foundries. We wouldn't be doing hot work. We wouldn't have mm-hmm. firefighters. Yeah. All of these people, we have risk assessments in place. We can't control it. Therefore, we create a safe system of work. What is the best that we can do for our staff and for our employees and their families and the people mm-hmm. who might come into contact with these with these risks? It's it, It's part of the bigger picture. Okay. But we want to put in control measures wherever possible. With regard to what risks we need to identify, mm-hmm. it is a foreseeable risk. And what we do to deal with it must be reasonably practicable. And they are two key phrases, again, when we're looking at risk. So foreseeable risk is that there is something different that we need to be aware of that might cause an injury. hmm we go to, um, if you're walking into a shop and it's an old shop, you step up off the pavement onto, uh, uh, onto like a porch area and then in through the door. Mm-hmm. We would naturally expect there to be a step there because that is, that's how our buildings are built. That's how our storefronts are built. Um, it doesn't come as a surprise to us that there is a step up into- it's Sort shop. of normal. Yeah. It's totally normal. Because of how we how we live and how we mm-hmm. design our buildings, or how we used to design our buildings, if that step was warped, bent, worn away, or was very low or very high or was known to get slippery, then that becomes a foreseeable risk. That there's something different, so we've got to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Now we can't necessarily change a, a piece of stone that's been there, you know, a doorstep that's been there for 200 years and is a foundation part of the building. So we can put a sign up mm-hmm. and that sign is advising people that there is a risk, okay. that there is a weird step. It is high, it is low, slippery when wet, all of those sorts of things. Okay. That's your control measure um, for that step. And so it's foreseeable that somebody might trip on that step that is not as we would expect it to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is reasonably practicable that you put a sign up because you cannot change the step. Okay. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And is
0: that a legal requirement?
1: To, to review the foreseeable yeah, yeah. risk and to yeah. have a control measure? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Because there is a foreseeable risk and there is a chance that somebody could be taken by surprise and therefore have an accident.
0: And putting that sign up is the communication of that? Yes. And that actually, you know?
1: Absolutely. That is the safe system of work. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, so what would be a particular uh, sort of a, a typical process for, uh, for for putting your control measures in?
1: So identify the hazards is okay. the first one. So do you have people working at height? Do you have people working in hot or cold environments? Are they working outside? Uh, are they working in a noisy environment? Mm-hmm. Are they standing up all day? Are they exposed to anything that might cause a, a health issue?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so we've identified the hazard. Then we look at who might be harmed, Mm-hmm. and how and that okay. is the hazardous event okay um so is it employees is it employees and contractors is it um volunteers is it members of the public anybody just just who who yeah. is it going to be regardless
0: yeah. of whether you employ so, them or who's it going to come across if you're
1: working in a warehouse it is probably only going to be mm-hmm. employees uh-huh. because mem- you know the public is not going to walk through if you are running a stall um for a charity, for example, and you are, um, I don't know, in a shopping precinct, mm-hmm. actually you're looking at the members of the public and third parties who you've got no control over, but they may be affected by what you're doing. So you have to look at them. How will... You've got a bubble machine and it's mm-hmm. there and it, it's going out onto, into the public area and they're walking past. It might be slippery. Could it affect members of the public, okay. for example? then you need to evaluate the risk and decide on the precaution. So we score it and we score it based on likelihood versus or likelihood multiplied by consequence. So you give each one a, each one a figure, you know, we use one to five. Mm -hmm. So one being the lowest level of consequence, which is, um, you know, it's not going to cause any, any problems three to five, which is catastrophic. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for likelihood it's, um, how often is it going to happen if we don't do anything or if we, if we leave it be, um, one is that it will rarely happen. Five it is is absolutely inevitable that it's going to happen. So if you've got a catastrophic event, it's going to happen and it's inevitable that it will happen, um, then you've got a risk rating of 25, and that, that's very high. Whereas if you've got mm. something that is low risk and is unlikely to happen, that gives you a, a low risk score. So we've got, we've got the score. Um, as I said, the consequence of the hazard causing... Um, harm can't be reduced and we can only reduce the likelihood. Okay. So we can't change the severity of it. We just change the likelihood of it mm-hmm. happening. We'd want to take it from being inevitable to very unlikely yeah. to happen. We then need to record the significant findings, which is what are we doing about it? And also what can we do about it? Mm-hmm. And once you determine what you can do about it, you actually then have to implement it. Okay. And the way you implement it is through a safe system of work. Okay. Or a method statement is the other way that we, we describe them. And once you've got them in place, you can't just rest on your laurels and go, I've done it. You have to constantly review it as technology changes, as staff change, as the environment changes. Um, you know, you might you might make the assessment in summer um, and it is nice ambient temperature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. actually, you've got to suddenly look at it. What happens if we're doing this on a f- cold February morning? Yeah. yeah. Um, how does that impact uh what, what the staff are doing and the risk that people are exposed to.
0: So it makes you focus on the things that are very likely to happen and have high consequence, so, so that, that you focus that and then slowly you, to, you, you try and work down the list, so to speak. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. You'll find you've got high-risk things and you've got medium-risk things, you've got low-risk things, and the low-risk things you can't just ignore. You've, got, you've still got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you've still got to acknowledge it. And The high-risk things you can try and reduce down, Whatever you identify in your risk assessment, you must communicate to your okay. employees as well. Oh. They need to be aware of the risk that they're facing. They also need to be aware of what they must do and what you are doing in order to reduce that risk. And that's that's the control measure. So the law requires the risk to be reduced as far as reasonably practicable. And as an employer, you need to demonstrate that you have assessed the risk and put in the adequate control measures, which is going back to... The first podcast where we spoke about a policy Mm -hmm. which has risk assessments in it and that we communicate that to anybody who might be at risk from that activity. So it all kind of goes full circle.
0: Excellent. I've learned a lot today. Thanks very much for today and uh, I look forward to our next chat.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to a Business Lincolnshire podcast. Look out for the next episode. If you're listening on the Business Lincolnshire YouTube channel, Don't forget to give us a thumbs up or subscribe down below. If you're on your favorite podcast platform, then remember to follow the show. More information at businesslincolnshire.com.